0: Welcome to another edition of the SC Time Sports Support Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer and joining me as he does every week is prep sports reporter Brian Mosey. Brian, we got about seven inches of snow yesterday. We're going to be, they're trying to play soccer tonight and the following night. We'll see how that goes, but um, it's a crazy time. How are you doing today?
1: <laughs> I'm doing good. I had my hot, cup of hot cocoa this morning. Life's Life's doing okay right now, but yeah, it's, There's a lot of snow on the ground and apparently we're going to get more tomorrow on Thursday. So um, yeah, I never really thought I'd be having 14 inches of snow by the, by October 22nd or 21st or whatever. That just seems ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely thrown a wrench into schedules this week and how teams are trying to wrap up their seasons. um, But not really something anyone can foresee, but they're going to try to still play, um, soccer tonight. We're recording this on a Wednesday um, here on October 21st and we have section semifinals for boys soccer and girls soccer we're going to both be out covering tonight and then tomorrow we're, um, the, fi- the section finals are set currently um, we'll see if they actually play that tomorrow. It might get moved to Friday we're still kind of on the edge of our seats for that but otherwise we still- we're going to have some good section semifinals matchup we're going to start the show by previewing And then later in the show, we're going to move into football week three for our picks and um, how games went last week. And we're going to end the show with some section play in cross-country tennis and swimming to wrap it up. But first, we're going to start with the games that we're going to be at tonight. As long as, you know, Tech, they're able to clear off the snow in time. It sounds like it's underway currently. So we'll see how that goes if we get a normal start time. But um, for girls soccer on the south subsection um, of section 8A, we have two of our teams still alive: um, Sartell and Cathedral. The one and two seeds are going to be meeting tonight. Uh, Sartell won two to one over Sock Rapids last week, uh, and Cathedral won three to one over Little Falls. Um, Brian, I know you were at the Sartell Sock Rapids game. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what that game looked like, and um, I guess how Sartell looked as they're heading into to this section semifinals game?
1: Yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a. Um... Game of two halves, uh, in a sense with Sark Rapids had a really, really good first half and they had some really solid defense. They stopped Sartell. Um, Gabby, Gabby Fernholz scored a goal, about 16 minutes left in the first half to give the storm a one to zero lead. Really nice shot, um, from, from her. But, um, then in the second half, it kind of was a flip flop where, um, Sartell kind of came out. They had a lot of power. They had a lot of energy. Um, and they kind of took over that momentum in a sense. And um, Chloe Turner came off the bench and within five minutes, Sartell was back up two to one. <laughs> um, and so it was just kind of crazy how everything kind of switched. Soccer Rapids it still had a really good game overall. Soccer Rapids did, but it was just that they kind of how Roy Snyder, the head coach for Sartell described it was we needed that little spark off the bench. And Chloe Turner is, um, a key person when it comes to that spark off the bench because she is younger. She, um, they have two seniors that are taking over that forward spot, and she, since you know they are a little bit more experienced and they have that depth, Chloe is on on the bench for most of the beginning of the beginning of the game, and so she kind of is that little spark off the bench that they love to have. And she came out firing away and found a couple um, advantages to to get that two to one lead and. Then the Sartell defense kind of took care of business after that. Uh, Chloe Swanson was phenomenal at goalie. Um, same with Maggie Fernholtz on the other side of for, for Sock Rapids. Um, but yeah, very good game between the two. And I know Sartell um, Sartell and Sock Rapids are familiar with each other in the section quarterfinals, being this was the fourth consecutive year that they have played in the quarterfinals together. Um, and now it's a two-two two-two tie um, with with record-wise, but. Uh, But yeah, it should be kind of a fun matchup um, um, today against Cathedral because the two teams haven't faced off against each other this year just due to the fact that you can't play in other conferences for soccer. So um, familiar teams, I'm sure, because I'm sure the girls have played against each other in club soccer and previous years and things like that. But this year, they haven't been able to see each other at all. So I think it'll be kind of fun to kind of see how things unfold unfold as as we get ready for the first game tonight.
0: Yeah, and you know, Cathedral ranked the two seed there um in the south subsection beating Little Falls 3 to 1 who when I saw them their uh, first game of the year I believe it was that they tied 1 to 1 and had to come back late to to even tie that so that kind of shows the, the improvement they've had throughout the season kind of finding their legs since that first week um and you know, they beat Little Falls 3 to 1 a little bit later in the season too after that so a team that um after that first win they kind of figured out but yeah, it should be fun to see those two match up, like we said, for the first time. Um, and Sartell Cathedral, they also met in boys soccer last week in the quarterfinals, another game that you were at um, that they hadn't seen each other and kind of was uh, a back and forth game, went, came down to the last minute too, kind of can't ask for much more than that in a section quarterfinal game. Can you tell me a little bit um, just about that game and what you saw out of Sartell being able to pull up that u- upset win?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, as a reporter, that was like the perfect game. I mean, just for writing and, and everything else. Um, kind of had all of the, all the little ingredients that you needed for a really good soccer game. And um, yeah, similar to, to Sartell and Cathedral, they haven't played each other this year. So they knew who each other were um, heading in. Um, Ethan, Ethan Schroyers, he kind of even told me, we know who cathedral is. We've, we've played them before. We know that they're going to be a physical team. And so, um, so at the very beginning, about five minutes into the game, John, John Inkels, he um, he scored for for first making it a one zero lead and um, seemed like it was going to be a one zero lead heading into the half. And then this kind of weird collision happened. Um, I didn't actually see it fully because I was kind of um, taking pictures of the goalie. Cause I thought the ball was going to get kicked into the net. Um, and, um, all of a sudden it was got switched to, <laughs> um, it, it got, it got switched to the, to the penalty box area. And, and all of a sudden it was, this ref was walking back and forth between the two different refs to try and figure out what was going on. There was about a, I think five to 10 minute break in between the game just to figure out what was happening. And then eventually, um, they called a, a penalty kick and, uh, Connor Drong he he came in and and, uh, had an opportunity to to tie the game for Cathedral. Um, He scored the goal and and made it 1-1 at the half. And then it kind of seemed like it was just going to be a 1-1 game heading into overtime. Um, Even talking to Matt Hager after the game um, for Sartell head coach, he even said, we were kind of preparing for the, for an overtime. And coaches were kind of getting their boards set up and ready to go for, for that for that next 10 minutes. And, all of a sudden Ethan came out of nowhere and scored a goal about 45 seconds left in the game. And um, it was kind of a, a drop shot into the box. And um, one of the cathedral kids kind of kicked it, tried to kick it out, landed right in Ethan's feet. And he kind of took a shot and, and hoped to God that it would go in. And luckily it did. And, and he was, he was able to get the score for uh for the, for the Sabres. And afterwards it was just fun. Cause he ran to the bench and like, Literally everyone tackled him um, over by the bench and then they had 45 seconds where they had to kind of try and kick the ball out because Cathedral went went off on, on them. But uh, yeah, very good game. I, I, I had a great time watching it. I was kind of sad at the beginning because we were supposed to have one game in Monticello and one game in, at Tech tonight before they switched it both to Tech and I was kind of sad that I wouldn't be able to watch the boys game tonight. But happy to be able to go to both of them and, and be able to watch that game. But you had an exciting game too, um, with with Tech and Apollo. I know they they faced off last or a few weeks ago, made it a three three tie there in the regular season, and um, I'm sure you weren't expecting the result that happened um, from this game, especially with how slow paced it might have been.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know both teams. It was very high energy, a lot of shots. I mean not not a ton of shots on goal. I think only three or four shots on goal in the first half for each team, but there had to have been 10, 15 shots almost each, a lot kind of off target or just kind of um, not finding their way to the goalie, but still just, you know, huge pace, a lot of passing, a lot of counterattacking um, teams that played each other as the second half went on, got very chippy, a lot more. There's a couple of yellow cards coming out and um, it just seemed like at some point something was going to have to break through. I mean, these two teams have enough attacking talent, that it wasn't going to go to overtime at zero to zero. It just kind of depended when, um, that breakthrough was going to come. And, you know, eventually it came where um, Ethan Miller, who it was his 16th goalie of the year, he got a ball that, um, you know, on the counter attack, it fell kind of right to him after um, an assist from another tech teammate. And it just kind of, it worked out perfectly. He was able to get through the defenders, beat the goalie, um, go up one, nothing with about, about 14, 15 minutes left in the game um, that, definitely kind of changed the whole pace and you had a big celebration cause you kind of knew that was going to be, um, that was going to be the, the, the goal that kind of set it over the top or really changed that game. Um, and then after that, you know, they, Apollo still did push, but it seemed like that deflated them a little bit. They, um, had a tough time coming back from that goal, especially because there was, uh, Apollo was kind of just in the entire time screaming for, um, an offside on that. It was pretty close, but, um, the ref said he was onside for it. So, um, they they kind of never really recovered from that and kind of the last second of the game, um Ahmed ravi Ishmael, he he you know, they were just kicking the ball around trying to trying to run out the clock and he just blasted a shot um past Apollo Goalie, Kelvin Walters into the goal, um, with literally a second left and the clock ran out as as Tech was celebrating that goal. So kind of an an exclamation point to end that one. But yeah, it was it was really fun to see that um that close of a game throughout. And it was Mamad Hussein. He was the one that he kind of came off the bench. He hadn't played a ton in that game, but he came off the bench, gave the perfect one touch to Miller for for when he scored that goal. So yeah, Tech still showing some some prominence even when um, not scoring much in the first half, like has kind of been the case throughout most of the year. But even though they had to deal with that, still, um, when we saw them against Stock Rapids, their previous section game, they they scored a minute or two in, which was very unique for them. So. Um, I think that's going to be big when they play Sartell tonight to try to get that early goal because when they do get early goals, it seems like they're really good at hanging on to it. They've still only lost one game this year, which was to a Moorhead team that um, I don't think they've lost a game this year. I'm pretty sure they're still undefeated. So, um, not a bad loss, especially to a 2A school. And yeah, they're going to be hosting Sartell for a chance to go to the section final for what I believe is the seventh consecutive year to the section final. Um, so. Tech can, you know, might be a new coach in Dan Stodaru, but he's still done a great job this year, and continuing that that march, so they're going to see if they can continue that history tonight.
1: Definitely, and and for for a second, we thought maybe maybe Sartell might be able to go straight to the finals after a long weekend of of deliberation and and kind of hanging or trying to figure out what the next steps were because St. Cloud School District was um, kind of trying to figure out they're going into the distance learning just due to the numbers in Stearns County. Um, and with that, there were some rules back in the, back in the um, back in August when they were making up these rules that said, if you're going to distance learning, you can't have, you can't have sports, but um, you kind of learned a lot more on Monday while I was off work that day. And I guess, what did you kind of learn? Um, Cause it seems like sports are going to be continuing on as, 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 as we know right now.
0: Yeah, Superintendent Willie Jett, I got to talk to him um, Monday afternoon for the St. Cloud School District He basically said that um, while there, those were rules back in August that had been set, kind of a lot has changed since then. So it's kind of all that is still developing. Um, and uh, the school district, they kind of uh, made their case and pleaded their case to the Minnesota Department of um, Education and Department of Health. And, you know, they, they showed what guidelines were in place. They showed if there is a team that tests positive that, you know, they're going to be quarantined, or they're going to have to stop, or if there's athletes that are breaking those rules, um, you know, the team's not going to be able to play, they, they put that all out there for sports and, you know, activities like robotics, speech, drama, all that. Um, and they were given the go ahead on Sunday night, all the district families found out that they were going to continue um, being able to participate in these things during distance learning. So yeah, we were thinking possibly, like you said, that Sartell wasn't even gonna to have to play tech, and they were going to advance straight to the section final. But instead, we're actually going to get a game tonight which is always better than than having to deal with a forfeit and you know these two teams uh for boys they met earlier just you know a little over um almost exactly a month ago on the 22nd of september um tech won that one two to nothing at home um off two goals from ethan miller and you know tech they've kept a clean sheet their last three games now they kept a clean sheet in that game too um with nicholas lalandi in goal he was in goal for that game too they've kind of gone back with goalies throughout the year but it seems like um, he might be the one for, for sections. So I think it's going to be a really fun game, um, and I don't really know what to expect. I think I wouldn't have expected Sartell to be able to to put in that kind of performance and beat Cathedral initially with how Cathedral would run through the regular season. So um, I think Sartell's playing their best soccer at at the time you want to be in the section playoffs. So it should be a really fun game tonight.
1: Definitely, definitely. And, and whoever wins the game against, um, whoever wins between Sartell and Tech, they'll be playing the winner of Pelican Rapids and Memidji. Um, and that game or that section final is supposed to take place at 5 PM Thursday at Brainerd high school. Obviously we're not sure, um, what's going to happen with the weather. And then the girls, um, the winner of Sartell and cathedral will be playing the winner of Memidji and Alexandria for the section finals at 7 PM Thursday at Brainerd high school. So we'll definitely, if they do have it, we'll try and truck our way up there to try and cover it. Um, maybe use like yellow soccer balls or something in the snow, or I, I mean, I don't know. So, um, but we'll kind of keep you posted. So make sure to check out uh, SC for more information as well as our Twitter pit handles um, at Brian Mosey and at SC Zach, as we uh, update you throughout the week with all these different schedule changes and such as well as live coverage tonight, hopefully. So,
0: yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think that, Um, gives you a little bit of a good preview for um, tonight and also um, possibly moving forward obviously next week when we have our podcast we'll actually be able to wrap up the soccer season let you know how those semifinals and final games go and kind of put a bow on that part um, of the season but with that I think that should kind of wrap up our soccer portion so uh, we're going to take a quick break here and when we come back we're going to jump into our football picks so stay tuned. And we're back with our weekly football pick'em. Um, you know, Brian, we we weren't really sure. We we couldn't really give everyone the full the full outlook of it last week because Dave and Randy were on vacation. Dave got his picks in right before um, on that Thursday morning, since games were a little different last week. But um, you want just want to run through to the listeners kind of what the standings look like right now for the picks.
1: I don't Really want to? I mean, <laughs> I really don't. Um, no, I. Randy, Randy Krebs, man, he is—he uh, is undefeated after two weeks, and uh, I don't know how, but somehow he is. So, uh, Randy is twelve and zero, and you and Dave are tied at ten and one or ten and two after two five and one weeks, and then that's it. There's nobody left. None. Yeah, Brian, Brian <laughs> hasn't picked this year, actually. So, <laughs> um, I went four and two last or the first week one, and then I went three and three last week. So currently sitting at seven and five and have no shot of getting back into the middle of things.
0: It's gonna to be tough with only a six week season, but you know, unless
1: I pick like against Albany or something like that, and there's some like catastrophic upset that like blows the internet up something, mm-hmm. I don't believe I'm gonna have time to get back.
0: But it's gonna to be tough with only four weeks to go, but you know, one week at a time. That's that's what the coaches always say. So <laughs> we're gonna to try to apply that here too. So um. <laughs> So we have six games um, to do this week. Tech won't be playing because of um, a potential COVID exposure, so they canceled for two weeks. um, So they did not play last week. They won't be playing this week either, but it looks like they'll be back the coming week. So um, people can look forward to that. But we're going to start with – on Thursday, Princeton and Cathedral played. Um, Cathedral lost 47-7 to in that game. Um, They went down early after a couple Princeton touchdowns, but they responded with – you know, almost a 50-yard touchdown from Jack Pelzel to Caleb cable Lines. Um, I was watching the stream of this game, um, and it was just kind of a go-route that, you know, Princeton defender kind of slipped. Caleb out ran them all, um, and it looked like it was going to be – it was 14-7 to seven at that point, three touchdowns in the first, I don't know, five five or six minutes. Uh, you know, I kind of thought it was going to be back and forth. It kind of didn't go that way. Princeton was able to just um, kind of impose their will on that one and um, just continue rounding up the score throughout that. Cathedral's going to play – um, Little Falls this week now. Who's one and one on the season? Um, they beat Malacca twenty-three to twenty-one in week one before um, losing by about thirty to Annandale last week. Um, Brian, what are you kind of looking at from this game, and what's your pick going to be?
1: Well, I think for me, what shocked me was I was I I was at home when Caleb got the touchdown. Then I went, went over to your place, and while I was walking over to your place all of a sudden I came or I knocked on your door and it was like, Oh yeah, Princeton's up by like 20 now. I'm like, what the, how did that work? I mean, I know. it's not that far from between us. I mean, no, it's like a two to three minute. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like um, this is a, I don't know what happened, but uh, no, I, I think, I think Princeton was a tough matchup for sure. Um, I think Foley was a tough matchup for sure as well. Um, and so Dave and Randy are picking little falls and I am going to try to inch my way closer and I'm going to pick cathedral and uh, I'm going to, I'm thinking the third time's a charm. They'll get up to one and two this to, after this week. Um, and they'll be going into next week where they have a home game for the first time ever. So.
0: Yeah, that'll be very cool. That we'll, we'll talk about definitely more uh, next week as we go into that. But yeah, so that's your third week picking cathedral. Yep. Um, we'll see if the the Crusaders if it pays off for you this
1: time. If you hear me, Crusaders, you got to get the win. You got to. I know. I got to get into the closer to Randy. I got to get closer.
0: I know you're clearly their biggest fan at this point, but <laughs> um, yeah, Cooper drews for Princeton. I just wanted to highlight it last week: twelve of 14, 250 yards, and four touchdowns. So that's definitely something I'm sure they've been drilling all week in practice, kind of having a little bit better coverage um, and not being able to give up those touchdown passes, but. Um, they had a couple that just kind of got out jumped for in the end zone too for a couple of those scores. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Little Falls on this one. I think it's going to be tight. I think it will be close. Um, but I think little the Flyers are going to prevail um, in this one. So And then moving on to the next game, this was an insane game that we could probably do an entire podcast just on just like <laughs> us watching the play-by-play of this game happen. Yeah. <laughs> This was Thursday nights. So this would have been when we were at section soccer, correct? Was when this Yeah, game I, was, I was over at
1: the girls' soccer game.
0: Yep. Um, Wilmer, 35, Sock Rapids, 34, double overtime. Um, Sock Rapids comes back from down 20 in the third quarter to tie it with just a couple second, with 11 seconds to play. Um, Dominic Mathias throws a touchdown to Ethan Upsell um, But the extra point um, it was not converted. So it was 20-20, to 20, go to overtime, both teams trade scores. Um, and then in the second overtime, Wilmer decides to kick the extra point. Instead of go for two, they make it. Um, soccer Rapids gets within one, but um, comes up short on a two point conversion attempt to lose the game. So this is one I really wish we could have been at, um, we were covering section soccer. So we weren't there. There's a lot of games going on, but this just sounded like just kind of an insane game that you don't get all the time.
1: Oh, no, for sure. And, and it seemed like it was a it was a strong game for um, Dominic Mathias. I mean he he went twelve for twenty nine with one hundred and ninety ninety six passing yards. He had three t- passing touchdowns. He also ran and led the the storm with forty five rushing yards. Or no, not he didn't lead it, but um, he also had a rushing touchdown. And then Brody Rollins and Alex Heron they both combined for one hundred and fifty rushing yards on the ground. So. Um, really good performance by the storm heading, um, into this week. Um, they'll be playing a Elk river team. That's Oh, and two. Um, they lost to Rogers in the first week, 28 to 12. And then they also lost to Andover 22 to seven, both really tough teams. Um, I know Rogers and, Ando- and, and, and are both very tough teams when it comes to football. So, um, definitely, um, going to be a see who gets the first win of the season type of type of matchup. But, uh, I guess who, uh, who do you see coming out with the win?
0: Yeah, this one was probably the one I was having. I was going back and forth even just before we started the podcast. So I was still trying to decide, but you know, it's tough Elk River. They've gone to state the last four years and playing soccer. I think four of the last five years, they've beat the storm in the section tournament in the last three years. So these are two teams that have played a lot of times. Um, Elk River's ended the soccer Rapids season many times over the last couple of years. Um, so as much as it'd be fun to see them end that streak, it could happen. I think just like the last game we talked about with either Little Falls, I think this will be pretty close, but I think I'm going to go with Randy's pick and go with Elk River. I'm assuming his Elk River picks a little just kind of being beat up by them for the last, you know, four or five years. Doesn't remember what it's like to, to beat them or have that success. Um, so I'm going to follow him. I think history might repeat itself. Um, I'm going to go with Elk River in this one.
1: Yeah, I this one was a toss up, back and forth, and, and Dave picked Sock Rapids, Randy picked Elk River. This is the third straight week that Randy has picked against Sock Rapids. Um, People
0: at home, note that, please.
1: Yep. yep please note it. But he's also six and zero, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I can't say much. Um, yep. I will probably be going with Elk River this week, um, kind of with the same same reasoning, with just how dominant Elk River has been. Um, you might not see it this year early on, but, uh, I, I know they definitely are, are in for trying to get that first win. And, um, I think Elk River will come out with the win.
0: Yeah. And this next one, um, Albany continues to roll through this year. They won 43 to six over Foley last week after being tied in the first quarter. Um, they, they spread that out to a 30 to six lead by halftime. So huge second quarter for them, almost 300 yards rushing. Um, Nolan Reuter had a bunch of rushing touchdowns per usual, um, Isaiah Arids actually threw a touchdown, 24 yards to Ethan Navratil. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, every once in a while, Albany decides to kind of to mix that in just to keep teams honest. Um, and Carter Beer had two interceptions. Yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes you got to do it. But, yeah, Carter Beer, he had two picks. And um, Ethan Navratil, he also had an interception. So a good overall game um, for the Huskies, like they've been through the first two weeks, extremely dominant. They'll play New London Spicer, who they beat 28 to nothing in sections last year. Um, I'm, I'm not even re- really beat around the bush on this one. I'm going to pick Albany. It should be I'm assuming it'll be a blowout. It'll be on the road, so it might be a little tougher. They' were at ho- their home opener last week um, at their new stadium, but I think this is going to be pretty easy sledding for Albany. What do you think?
1: Yeah I, Randy and Dave both picked Albany. I'm going to be picking Albany as well. I, the, the thing that just baffles me and I am so excited to go watch Albany play. Um, I think we're going to try and get out there here in like a week or two or whatever. But um, I just, I can't believe that you can rush that much and win by that much. It's just, it baffles me. It's, it's crazy. Especially when like you're watching college football, NFL, and they pass the ball all the time and, and all this other stuff. And like you have Albany who just takes it and shoves it down your throat, you know, type of thing. And I just, yeah, I'll be taking Albany. I'm very excited to see the Huskies um, in the next coming weeks. And, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So, there you go.
0: Yep, and the recap of this next one from last week will probably be a little shorter than anticipated as well. Bemidji 48, Sartell 6. Um, Ryan went up to this game, made the trek up to Bemidji. He was also covering um, the girls' cross-country section meet where we had about four teams. Competing up there as well, so he's trying to double-dip, get to a football game at night, see if Sartell could move to 2-0, and um, it didn't quite go to plan, is what it seemed like, Brian.
1: Yeah, Momiji won 48-6. Um, it was a tough game. Uh, kind of started off on a really bad note. Uh, Mumidji kicked it off, and they kicked it off straight at the, the front row of, of Sartell players and kind of hit them unexpectedly. Um, so the ball went off one of the, one of the players and Bemidji landed on it. After that, they went down the field, scored a touchdown. Then on their next drive, they went down and scored another touchdown. And all of a sudden, like you're about halfway through the first quarter and you're down 14 to nothing. So, um, it was tough. Um, they had, um, they, the, the only touchdown came from, uh, Ethan, Ethan Torgrimson. He had a 60 or 76 yard passing touchdown from, from Cole Hentges um, which was the only score for the Sabres. Um, and then it seemed like after that touchdown, things were kind of rolling on, in, in their favor. They they got a fumble recovery um, right in, right on, right near the red zone. Um, looked like they were going to be able to maybe convert and, and maybe make it like a, a tie game in a sense. And then um, Cole threw a pick like right, right after um, – right, right when they got back on the offensive drive and um, kind of – hit them hard a little bit. And so, um, that was, that was tough. Um, and then some injuries between some of the the players. Um, I know the athletic trainer was kind of busy that night, kind of assessing different players as they came out in and out. Um, so it was just, it was a tough game. Um, Cole threw four passes for 135 yards, 76 of it was going to Ethan on that one play. The play was fun, fantastic. It was a slant route. Um, Ethan grabbed it and, and it was right, smack dab right where he needed it to to keep going and and not lose a step. Um, They only had 13 yards of rushing, which is very different than what they had against um, Apollo, which Ethan had four rushing touchdowns. And I think him himself had about 150 rushing yards that night. So kind of opposites, um, opposite games in a sense, but they play Moorhead um, this week, who's two and oh, they've outscored their opponents 98 to six. Um, in the first two weeks, they beat Buffalo 56-6, to and then they beat Alexandria 52-0 last week. So Randy and Dave picked Moorhead. I will be picking Moorhead. I guess who do you kind of see – what do you see from that matchup?
0: Uh, Moorhead. Yep. Yeah, you know, their quarterback, Trey Feeney, is committed to North Dakota. Um, he's already has 10 touchdown passes and zero interceptions, throwing for 317 yards a game. Um, yeah, I haven't seen, you know, it's really tough. You go up to Bemidji for a game like that. Sartell comes back home and you have arguably one of the, you know, the hottest teams in the state coming down to play. So it is a trek. It might be a little tough. I mean, we'll we'll see what conditions will be like Friday night with, um, that's one thing too we haven't mentioned yet is just these teams that don't have turf fields, what even Friday is going to look like. Um, you know, if it does snow a ton Thursday, they will have all day Friday to try to clear it off or, or make it playable. But it still is probably going to be not ideal conditions. So for a team like Moorhead, they can sling the ball around like that. That might be a positive for Sartell, but yeah, I'm going to go with Moorhead in that one. That's that's a very tough matchup for the Sabres, but uh, we'll see how they perform after after disappointing last week. And then we have two games left to go through. Um, first, we'll go through Recory, who's going to be playing Wilmer this week. Last week, Recory kind of in a rescheduled game. They went down to Wasika, won 28 to 20 in what looked to be Pretty good game down there. Um, Ricori, just like when I saw them in week one, they went up 14 to nothing in the first quarter. Um, Wasika put up 12 points late, all in the last about minute and a half of the game. Um, but Ricori was still able to hold on for that win. Camden Bauer threw for two touchdowns and 187 yards um, and also ran for a touchdown. And Tucker Hokinson he had 156 receiving yards on seven receptions, which I think is, is the biggest receiving performance I've seen out of our team's um, so far. And he wasn't featured too much in the offense last year. Andrew Anderson was kind of the number one receiver for them, but Tucker's really stepped into that role um, so far this year. So um going down playing a team that's um, been to state recently in a lower class down in three. A. So Corey got in another good matchup. They're going to face Wilmer who's two and oh, as we talked about, they just came off that crazy game against soccer Rapids. Brian. What, who are you picking for this one?
1: Yeah. I think the one thing that we were talking about last podcast was just how offense was going to go for Ricori. I mean, you went to their first game the first week and um, you were kind of saying, you know, you had spurts every once in a while of, of offense. And then it kind of was like trying to figure out how to complete it all together. Um, I think we saw that this past week against Wasika, And um, I know for me, I've picked against Ricori two weeks in a row. I've gotten beaten both times. Um, so I'm done with picking against the Spartans. I'm sorry, James. Do not be mad at me. <laughs> and I hope the Spartans are not, like, you know, getting their pitchforks ready for my apartment or something like that. Um, but I will be picking McCory this week. Uh, I know Dave picked Recorey. Randy is actually going against the Spartans. He's going to be going against – or he's going to be picking Wilmer. Um, this is definitely a, an opportunity for the 10-2 and two people to yeah, – okay. I'll be going up to eight and eight and five or whatever it may be. Um but yes, Wilmer Wilmer had that forty two to zero win over Delano first week and then obviously the Soccer Rapids win um last last week. And yeah, I'll be taking the Spartans, Dave takes the Spartans, Randy will pick Wilmer. Who do you have winning this matchup?
0: Um yeah, like you said, it's you've got I didn't even realize you'd gone against them twice. I forgot about that, but <laughs> Yeah, i picked them twice and they've won twice. So I'm not going to mess with the system. I'm going to go with the Spartans again. Um, Currently at a nine-game win streak dating back to last year, which I believe is fifth longest in the state Um, going on. So they're trying to keep that streak going. Last year they played Wilmer on homecoming. Um, After losing by about 40 in 2018, they came back last year and beat Wilmer. I think it was 42 to nothing last year. Um, So – both these teams have kind of got revenge against each other the last years for getting blown out. So, And now that it seems like they're at a bit uh, more similar of a, of a competition level and a skill set this year, I think it's going to be a really fun game. Um, I'm definitely going to – this Friday, I don't think I'm going to be – unless we're at section soccer, that could throw a wrench into it if, if games get moved. But otherwise, I think I'm going to be kind of hanging back, trying to watch a lot of the different streams this week while, while possibly you and Dave are out at a local game this week. But this is one I think people should – if they can, I know they have, they've been doing a really nice job with their streams and putting in a lot of work um, to make them seem really professional. So I think that's definitely one you're, you're going to want to try to catch. That should be a fun game.
1: Yeah, you'll be at the you'll be at the, he- um, the head of the command center on Friday night. So if you want tweets and updates, just follow Zach constantly Friday night because I'll just be retweeting him most, most of the time, so...
0: That's the goal, but with you know the weather, we don't know what's going to happen is what we've learned to not think we can control anything lately. But Bingo. <laughs> uh, no kidding, but we're hoping that's what it ends up being. And then lastly, um, Apollo is going to be facing Bemidji. Uh, Brainerd beat Apollo 35-30 to in Brainerd's first game of the year um, last week. Uh, Apollo really had a lot more success through the air this last game um, than in week one when you saw them. Um, Jacob Coro, he threw for – four touchdowns in this one um, spread the ball around a lot Arassi and Sino he had only two catches on the game but both were for touchdowns a total of I believe it was 105 yards so um, they're kind of really showing that they they have some good weapons we saw Thomas do back which was good not injured um, and also playing a lot more tight end Four receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown so um, yeah Apollo seemed to to find their way a little bit more it's too bad they couldn't pull off that win at home and now they get as we talked about before with Bemidji, a very, a very tough opponent. So, um, well, I think they are trending on the upward swing, and it'll be um, interesting to see how that develops for Apollo the second half of the season. Um, I think Bemidji coming down here should be able to to win this game, so I'm going to pick Bemidji. Brian, what do you think for this game?
1: Yeah, Randy and Dave both picked Bemidji. I will be picking Bemidji as well. Um, just being able to watch Bemidji last week, um, they are a very dominant team. Um, they have a lot of weapons – both running back wise, receivers. They have a defense that just knocked the knocked out the the, the Sabers. Um, just in the in the sense of you know keeping them to six six points. I mean, you have a team that had four four rushing touchdowns from one particular individual, and now they're, they they finished with six points. I mean, that just shows you how dominant of a defense Mamegi has. So yeah, I I will be. I'm I'm happy to see that. Apollo was able to get some points on the board. And um, I know that was one thing we were talking about last week in our podcast was definitely we wanted to see more from Apollo because we knew that they had those weapons. Great to see Thomas do back both on on the tight end position but also defensively on the um, on the defensive line because I know he's a big big weapon and a big threat when it comes to either side of the field. Um, but, yeah, I, I will be definitely going with Bemidji and excited to see kind of what happens with a tough team like Bemidji.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. So you can um, follow along with, like we said, our picks. You can follow us along on Twitter. If we are out at football that Friday night, um, just follow along with us throughout the week to see what schedules look like. Um, if we get, you know, another seven, eight inches tomorrow, that could affect those Friday games. We don't know what, what even it's going to look like. So it's all up in the air, but uh, we're kind of used to it that way this year. So we're going to keep rolling with it, but that should wrap up our football segment um, and our pick them. So we're going to take one more break today. Um, When we come back, we're going to fill you in on section tennis wrapping up, section cross country running up and look at the schedule for swimming coming up on Saturday. So stay tuned and we'll finish the program after this break. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report Podcast with my name is Zach Dwyer and I'm with Brian Mosey. Now as we come into our last segment, we're going to talk a little bit about sections that have been going on. Um, but before that, just want to remind everyone um, to make sure if they're not already to subscribe to the SC Times at SCTimes.com um, to make sure you continue to get our four subscriber-only stories. Um, if you're hitting that you know paywall of, of five stories, then this way you can continue to look at content. We're going to continue. Um, We're we're almost starting to slow down. I don't even want to say that because it seems scary to say that, but slow down a tiny bit here with sections coming to an end, but we still have this week of sections. Um, and then we're just going to have a couple of weeks where football and volleyball are going to take um, over as the main sports. And then before we know it, we're I feel I have a feeling winter sports are going to be here. So um, as we continue on, make sure, we, you know, there's deals every week or two um, sometimes multiple times a week for subscribing either a dollar or two um, for three months or, um, you know, 40, 50 bucks for a year. We, we run those kind of deals around holidays, different times. So with holiday, a lot of different holidays coming up too right now, um, make sure to subscribe to sctimes.com.
1: Yeah. And so along with the sports coverage, we also have election coverage coming up here. Um, as the election day gets closer and closer and closer. I know um, all our news reporters have been working tirelessly trying to kind of get everything figured out as, as we, as we get closer but uh definitely quite a bit of stuff coming up um with different forums from local races to national races to state races um the St. Cloud Times will have everything covered um starting basically this week we have some forums coming up um as different times reporters will be hosting different forums um starting from Thursday and it'll go all the way until next Thursday um, so definitely be checking out the sctimes.com for that. And then election night, we'll be having plenty of coverage from, from what I've heard, which is very little. We already have a lot of coverage and I'm sure it's even more without me knowing. So, um, we'll be having plenty of people on, uh, standing by and, and putting up results and different things like that. So over the next couple of weeks, definitely check out SC times for both sports coverage because, Zach and I are awesome and and we and we're doing a great job and all that type of stuff, but also check out the SC times for for our news news department as well because they're they're working really hard on the on these election coverages as well, so
0: yeah, and you know they must be really stretched to the brim because they're like recruiting us for election night and like <laughs> taking us do stuff so you know that you know there must be something going on if they're that desperate but <laughs> Yeah, no, there aren't going to be any sports that night. Games are moved to Monday that week um, to not interfere. So we'll definitely, be, we'll definitely be in the midst of that, both of our first times for a presidential election um, as being professional journalists. So um, it will definitely be different. It will be an experience, but um, it should be a good time. So, yeah, so with that, we're going to move into um, section play. I think we'll start with tennis, which concluded last week, but um, finished up, I think, either the day of or the day after we recorded last week. Um, so, Brian, you just want to run through how that section final went for Tech?
1: Yeah, I mean, Tech's been having such an awesome run um, in the section finals, and had a huge win. Um, had a huge win against Becker uh, the week before, um, or the match before, in the section semifinals. Faced off against Bemidji in the in the section finals on on Thursday, and um, fell five to two to take second place in the section, which is unbelievable. I mean, such a great. Such a great run for them, yeah. And, and Tech will be returning quite a bit of talent as as they only graduate two seniors. Obviously, you're losing your number one singles, Ashley um, Taroli, and and then they have then they're also losing um, number one doubles player Leah Donnelly. Um, both of them are key key players. I mean, they've they've definitely done their part this year with with strong wins against many many opponents. I mean, Ashley going undefeated this year going undefeated pretty much every year since she's been a tiger. Um, She'll be definitely missed as well as Leah, but they have quite a bit of talent coming in and, and looking, looking good heading into next, next fall. Along with that, Ricori played um, Fergus falls on Thursday in the section consolation championship. They won four to three in a close match. Ricori had a really good second half of the season, um, got on a roll, um, lost to a, to a tough opponent in the beginning, but, was able to kind of roll through that consolation bracket and, and earn that third place um, in a sense. So um, congrats to them because I know that was a that was a big win for them. And they, they returned quite a bit of talent as well next year. So definitely see some familiar faces heading into next next fall.
0: Definitely. And with cross country kind of competing all over last week, um, we had a lot of top local finishers in 8AA up in Bemidji on Thursday. We had Sam Brewer from Apollo. He finished second. Um, he was top two at every single meet he competed in this year. So it's kind of a shame for all these runners that there was no state meet this year because anyone that finished in about the top 15 would have qualified for state and able to run um, at the state meet. But because of just how, um, you know, with no state meet because of COVID this year and different regulations, um, this was, you know, kind of the concluding, you know, final event for these teams. So, um, yeah, Sam was second. McCory's um, Vincent Calusa was seventh. Apollo's Tucker 1040 was ninth and Sartell's Eli Hansen was 10th. Um, and Apollo finished fourth as a team with that. So four top 10 runners um, from the area in that section against some really big schools like Bemidji, Alexandria, and Wilmer, who had really strong teams this year. Um, and in section 5A, Cathedral's Turner shot and Alex Team, they were third and fourth. Um, this comes after they went one, two at conference a couple weeks prior and Cathedral, they finished second as a team. So they would have gone back to state for the second consecutive year in a normal year. So um, it's a little shame because I don't know with just with how the kind of the history books are going to show it, um, you know, is it going to say that they qualified for stay? Is it going to stay a state tournament appearance. I'm not really sure what that's, what that's going to look like, but still a great season by them um, to continue that, you know, they'd missed on state a couple years um, prior to last year, but continuing to bring that back up. And then on the girls side, um, Cathedral, they finished second in five A as well, but they were tied for first. They lost the tiebreaker. Um, but Claire Shad finished in fifth. They won conference by um I think it was twenty or thirty points. And, you know, this would have been their first state appearance since twenty fourteen if they would have been able to run. So they've made gigantic improvements and all their runners are seventh, eighth, ninth graders. So um if they continue to stay to stay motivated and continue to get better each year, it's gonna be kind of scary how how good they're gonna be in a couple of years. So um, another great performance by them, um, up an eight double A for the girls that Brian was up at in Bemidji, um, Sartell's Ingrid Buiceg-Rama, she was seventh, um, Ricori's Elise Hofer and Lena Vieri were 11th and 12th, um, and Sartell finished fourth as a team and Ricori was third. So good performances from them. And to kind of wrap that up, Albany girls, um, Christine Kaltoff and Olivia Gable, who have been one and two at every single meet they've run at this year. I'm sure they're getting kind of tired of just running with each other. I'm sure they were happy to finally finally have a section meet. Um, they came in fifth and sixth, and Albany was third as a team. So kind of all across the board, um, you're going to see more about it when we we kind of start to run our all-metro um, stories next week. I'm sure they're going to be starting up for all the sports that have finished, like cross-country tennis, um, and at that point, soccer and swimming. You'll get to see a little bit more about um, these individual performances and how the teams did this year. But that's a little bit of an overview from um, – you know, it's a little bit sad that you can't look ahead to a state cross country meet, like I said, and kind of look out where um, these people could try to get their personal best there. But um, still, a lot of great results from local runners this year.
1: Definitely, no, it was fun to go up there on on Friday more or Friday afternoon and watch them. I know Ingrid was very emotional after the after the race because she knew that this was the last time, and she did qualify for state um, if they did have a state meet. So this was her sixth consecutive year qualifying for it she broke a school record with that um, obviously no one can do any better because you nope. when you're a seventh grader so um, but just unbelievable career for Ingrid um, I know she she was very emotional she she talked to me afterwards and nothing but good things about about her memories as as a saber and um, definitely a fun time it was a little chilly but at least we weren't getting the snow and sleep that you guys were getting in St. Cloud. At least it was a nice sunny day for, for, for Momiji, which is weird to say. Yeah. <laughs> St. Cloud is getting the snow, but I'll take it.
0: And then, yeah. Do you want to just fill in, I think to finish the show, we'll just kind of talk about um, the swimming schedule for a section. It's going to be a little different this year um, with people racing at different sites, compiling all the times. What's that going to look like this weekend?
1: Yeah, so um, our the, the schools that we cover the seven schools we cover are in two different sections. So you have Section Five A, which has Sock Rapids Tech and Cathedral St. John's Prep. St. Um, John's Prep and Cathedral are a co-op um, program, and then Section Six A, you have Albany, Racory, Sartell, and Apollo. Um, and so for Section Five A, their diving portion will take place at five thirty at Becker. Um, all the schools will be there because there's not as many divers. Um, and that will be on Thursday, and then for Section 6A, um, that will also be taking place Thursday for diving, and that's at 6 p.m. at Alexandria High School. Um, The Section 5A swimming finals will be taking place at, like you said, multiple locations, but the ones that local people need to know about is um, 11 a.m. at Sock Rapids High School, Tech um, Sock Rapids, and the co-op between Cathedral and St. John's Prep. That will be at they will all be together p- competing at Sauk Rapids. Um, and then for section 6A, Albany will be at Sauk Center High School um, at noon on Saturday, while Sartell, Ricori, and Apollo will be heading over to Alexandria at noon on Saturday for their portion. And, yeah, it's going to be a little weird. It's, um, I know for the conference meet, um, the Central Lakes, they didn't actually have a, uh, an actual conference meet. Instead, they took the best times – from the individuals and put them together to make kind of a virtual conference meet in a sense. Um, Sartell won that one, um, which would put them as um, the champion for for their conference, um, as what I'm thinking. Um, and then in the Granite Ridge, they actually had a meet at various different sites, combined them all together to make up um, the the results and Cathedral won back-to-back uh, conference titles. Um, they, they earned the win this year. Um, Albany finished third overall in that conference meet, but um, that's going to be kind of similar with the sections. They're going to have various sites, try and kind of mush them together and, and create a result. And um, that will be the final race for all of these girls this year. So um will be definitely kind of interesting, especially for swimming because it's all based on time, kind of similar to cross country, but cross country. You, I mean, they had quadrants for them, but, um, for swimming, it's going to be, I mean, you have no idea what the other people are doing over in sock center and you have to race against them. And basically it's, it's not a, you know, okay, well the per- the person, the second place person is to my left. It's like, no, nope, second place person could be over at, you know, Alexandria or Sox mm-hmm. or whatever for all you know. So really interesting.
0: Yeah. that will be That'll definitely be a unique one on Saturday um, as all those teams race, but uh, make sure to, to look at sctimes.com as Brian compiles those um, and puts that all together to wrap that up on Saturday. And with that, uh, speaking of wrapping up, I think that'll basically be the end of our show today. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Um, just a reminder, we're going to be trying to do our best to wherever these teams are playing for section soccer, semifinals, finals, we're going to be there. We don't know how, we don't know where, necessarily yet. Um, Things could change are very fluid, like we said, but um, just keep an eye on our Twitter, like we said, and the website to, to, to find that coverage and see where that goes. So that'll wrap us up for today. So for Brian Mosey, I'm Zach Dwyer. Thank you for tuning in again to the SC Time Sports Report, and we'll see you again next week.